everyone. This is Jace. And I'm Yan Ling. Welcome to the Freelance Creative Exchange, where every episode we speak to a freelancer about freelancing and the gig economy. Yeah, so back in August, we actually presented a panel that was uh, titled Your Worst Nightmare uh, as part of our podcast party, if you guys remember. It was well received by our audience, actually. I guess it's something that... Uh, really resonated with our audience. So we conducted many surveys to find out the challenges faced by our freelancers and um, working with clients actually comes up at the top. So clearly, it's a topic that resonates with our freelance community. So today, we are doing a special episode that is a sequel to our Your Worst Nightmare Planner with our own crew from Creative at Works. Yay! Yay. So we present uh, Fanny and Carl. Hi, guys. So in today's episode, uh, Fanny and Carl will share with us um, you know, their worst nightmare stories about um, working with challenging clients as well as managing a pool of Different freelancers, especially freelancers from the regions. So, um, welcome again, guys. Yeah. So, maybe, yeah, you like to say about the project that you have worked, that Creative Networks has recently completed. Yeah, I, I would say uh, it's not the worst nightmare, but a recent nightmare coincidentally happened to be a project that both Carl and I were on. Uh, it was uh, it was a multinational shoot. Um, um, just so you know, Creative Network has a network of freelancers around the Asia region. So uh, specifically in the nine ASEAN countries, I mean including Singapore, ten ASEAN countries. Mm. So recently, we helped a client to um, produce a video uh, across these um, nine different ASEAN countries, like Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, mm. uh, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, Malaysia, nine Indonesia, Philippines, Myanmar, Myanmar. Ma, Malaysia. Malaysia. No, we really say Malaysia. Malaysia. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Did we say Singapore? <laughs> Singapore is not included. Uh, I, I Thailand. Mean, Thailand, yeah. Thailand. Yeah, Thailand and Philippines. Yeah, Thailand. Yeah, mm. so these are the nine ASEAN countries which conducted the shoot. <coughs> I was the producer, production manager's producer, and then Carl was the on-site director. So it was challenging, I guess, mainly because um, it w- there was a lot of constraints. Mm. Um, I mean, part of it is because of the financial constraint that was um, given to us by almost every client, and no, you know, <laughs> no exception to this client as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, pa- a lot of it was was this constraint. Another huge part of it was the cultural differences that which each of mm. the local teams operate in. So, um, yeah, so you need to navigate. Um, through their, through the way that they function, through the normal way which they work with different people. Um, one of the one of the key aspect of it was because it also involves talent. So this is this is a this is a project which we you know we have to you know go to each of the different nine different markets to cast for talents to mm. be in the shoot. So again, when you deal with um, dealing with local crews in a country is one thing. Dealing with the local talents in the country, I guess, is another thing. Yeah. And then, I mean, when Carl was on show, he, he, I mean, he will share with us more, but coupled with the different languages, <laughs> the different climates, I think it, it proved to be quite a challenge, right? Yeah, but wait, before mm. we continue, I guess we, we all know what which project <laughs> which kind we're talking about now. But for our audience who don't know exactly what it is, can you tell us what... I mean, roughly what it involved or what your guys, what we oh, had to yeah. do mm. yeah, for the project. First of all, it was yeah. a video shoot. Yeah, so it was a, it's yeah. a, it was a video shoot. So um, uh, all the talents in these nine ASEAN countries have to perform the same song. Mm. So the video is supposed mm. to showcase the unity and the collaboration of the 10 ASEAN countries, including Singapore. Mm. 
I think that video is uh, for uh, for quite a high profile uh, event events yes. you know that's mm. going to take place lah. I think of course um, the emphasis uh, or rather the importance is not really uh, who is it right, but really the processes mm. um, you know. And because as um, creative at creative hours, we are also increasingly uh, noticed that a lot of the work now uh, or rather I would say part of the work now need to be done in collaborations with somebody who is from another country. Mm. Right? Yeah. So it's the collaboration working with you know your fellow freelancers from another country. I think those are some of the challenges that um, seems to be here to stay. Then mm. how as a team we can actually work together you know to overcome these challenges. Mm. So Fanny touched a bit about you know um, the different culture um, you know in working with different freelancers from different regions. Right? Um, language is a main issue because especially we are talking about the nine ASEAN countries even yeah. though we are so mm. near to one another right? every one of them is within seven hours of flight from Singapore yeah. um, you know but we are so different right? but maybe let's hear from Carl right? um, when you are on set right? other than the language issues what other challenges do you face um, as a director on the set locally to manage the productions the first thing I would say is that uh, definitely which is quite obvious the climate like uh, the last country that I was in is Myanmar and uh, we went in at a very crucial state uh, mm. where the typhoon just passed by but mm. it was still raining basically it rained for the whole shoot mm. uh, we were facing like climate uh, issues as well as um, like different countries have different uh, way of doing things in mm. terms of the government so uh, we had some uh, interesting restrictions when it came to uh, shooting at certain locations mm. um, basically uh, we went to a certain location and the I would say police said that mm. if you uh, drop your equipment at this specific point we will arrest you Shop. it came it, it came to that yeah yeah like we wanted to unload um, oh, our okay. equipment at a specific point mm. and they were like no you can't unload here you have to unload here if you unload here we will arrest you Mm. Yeah. yeah so it was pretty coupled with the climate uh, issue uh, Fanny back in Singapore she was actually freaking out That's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was trying my very best to actually hold down the shoot uh, yeah yeah, and then coupled with that, there are some other nuances like in certain countries when you when a crew go out to shoot, cannot wear a certain color t shirt mm. because you were, you yeah, may look like a group right. of people who are trying to shoot yeah. and rebellion and things so, like that. Right, so right. there are there are a lot of things that um I mean Singaporeans take for granted mm. Yeah, especially permits mm. in mm. Singapore when you want to have a shooting permit. You know it, who it, to go to? Yeah, you know yeah. who to go to. It will take time. It may take two, three weeks. But Sometimes it involves mm. a bit of processing fee, yeah. but it, you know it's all black and white transparent. Yeah. But for the nine ASEAN countries, each of them is different. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. And then some of them, um, you know, you go through the proper way. Some of them not so proper, you know. But all these things, I'm very um, grateful. We are very grateful that we yeah. have very good local partners. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, who all believe in the same cause, which is for the better of the project. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's one interesting thing, uh, shooting in ASEAN especially, or uh, the Asian countries. I think a lot of people, especially um, those who are not from Asia, always look at Asia as one entity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we forget mm. there are so many countries that yeah. are involved. And they, even though we <coughs> all might look similar mm. and uh, we have such different cultures mm. yeah totally yeah. totally. Mm. Um, it co- all comes down to nuances and sometimes in different cities there are different you know that um, there are different culture 
course for it. So, so did you have any particular culture shock that you guys had? That while facing, while working with different countries and different teams? The one culture shock that I experienced was I realised um, sometimes Singaporeans think that because we do things properly, right? Mm. So when we go in there and say that we want to do this video is for a greater cause, right? That people will adhere. Mm. But um, um, certain big organisations, especially if they are commercial entities, they really don't care. So in this particular <laughs> case, we are, we are looking for a particular um, location to shoot because it gives us a very nice background of some, you know, uh, you know, uh, iconic place. Iconic yeah. But of course, uh, you know, that being is a commercial entity and they don't really care. But mm. of course, to my client, because, um, you know, they, they, are, they are very used to they having... They are big client Yeah, big support, you know. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't understand. So we were <laughs> then stuck in the middle. So it was very hard to navigate. I mean, this was a, this was a culture shock because to me, I, I also felt that there's nothing to lose for the commercial entity. They should say yes. But then the, the thing is, you have to think on behalf of them. For mm. them is, what's in it for me? I know I have nothing to lose, but what's in it for me? Yeah, mm. but anyway, we changed location. <laughs> <laughs> we had to change location. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you try to manage this? I mean, um, it, you know, for this particular project, because it actually not only um span across nine different Asia countries. I must say, it also span across like two months, three months. Yeah. Kind of thing. So in terms yeah. of the project management time, and and then we are running a time constraint as well. So um in this aspect um you know what do you think we could do better in terms of project management? You know, both on the freelancers in the different countries as well as on the mm. client. Is it expectation issue? You feel that you know is it expectation issues or you know? When managing a project of this scale, um, I think what should we do to you know ensure that it might run well? I'm not sure, but at least you know it will run smoothly the next time. <laughs> I don't know. Like. <laughs> Basically, you did everything that you could, yeah. but what yeah. could go wrong? <laughs> but actually, that is an important thing because I think for production, that's exactly the point, right? I mean, mm. you can be very well prepared, right? You can actually uh, foresee all the circumstances. But then, you know, when you're actually on set, you know, like COVID, <laughs> right? Then whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So maybe, Kao, you want to share with us what, what is one thing that really gone on so wrong that you really don't anticipate it from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is okay. there any what such do you do? Like, what and what do you do, do after that? Yeah. Okay, um, so uh, to set a little bit of context for our international friends is that Singapore, when we do shoots, right, we are quite well organised. Um, like, most, recently, most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> recently, uh, there was a huge, huge movie, Hollywood, mm. that shot here. Yeah. So it really proved that Singapore is a suitable location for Hollywood productions as well. So uh, with that said, uh, Singaporeans are actually very used, like media people are very used to be uh, like, okay, everything is organized, everything is good. We have mm. this impression like, uh, if you have more than five crew members, is a sort of a it's big, a big, big, a big shoot, yeah. right? So uh, we, I went down to this specific country uh, with our partner who worked in Singapore for quite a while. Uh, and then uh, I saw that the crew, okay, the crew had like 20, almost 20 guys, like crew, right? Oh. So, I, okay, I was amazed. I was like, okay, this is going to be good, right? <laughs> uh, little did I know, <laughs> little did I know, uh, the camera guy slash uh, director of photography uh, was very, very understrained. Yeah, mm. so he shouldn't be touching a camera. That's mm. all I'm going to say. Uh, and in terms of what I wanted to do is that I really considered uh, 
stepping in and say, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna direct. I'm just I'm gonna direct and shoot at the same time because you can't set up a gimbal with five guys in 15 minutes. Mm. That's kind of bad. So, mm. but uh, the Chinese in me uh, was like, we should give them face. Like, I don't want to <laughs> sour the thing and then uh, I don't want to do this in front of the client. The client is down. It's not nice, you know. Mm. So I, you know, I, uh, I bite the bullet and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try my best and tell him like, hey, you really, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess um, that is something that uh, is unavoidable because yeah. you know different country state of development is different yes. so mm. I would say um, you know the, the fortunate thing is in Singapore at least from a technology perspective you mm. know we have been quite fortunate to be at the forefront mm. yeah. of technology changes. So, you know, in terms of getting the latest camera, in terms of getting the latest uh, skill sets, we have no problem. But mm. compared to some other, uh, I would say, regional countries, maybe, uh, you know, in terms of the technology rollout and all this would mm. be a bit slower. So I think that is also one of the key considerations, especially for friends who want to shoot in the region, yes. right? Um, you know, you may have to take note of your technical requirements, whether mm. the that is easily available in those countries. But I think that brings me back to a point where Fanny mentioned about strong partners. I'm very grateful that in this particular case, we do have very strong partners. Um, that's why, you know, we could actually, uh, I mean, there's issues in between, but we can still successfully complete yeah. the projects. Like, and yes. we kind of quite look forward to the final product in that sense. Um, so leveraging on this, right, um, what do you think is uh, the, I would say, uh, some of the checklists are, uh, that you need to ensure before you go to another country to shoot. Yeah, what's different from the yeah. usual shoot that you guys did in Singapore? Yeah. That you guys usually do in Singapore? What are the extra precautions maybe? Um, of course, um, we do have to do paperwork. Uh, but is there anything else? Yeah, but I think, I guess for me, it's, um, uh, I always give them very long summarised, okay, maybe long summarised email sounds a bit of a pun, but it's, uh, it's, it's a long email, but it's all checklist. Every time I, mm. I talk to them, it will be a checklist, and then I'll keep adding on to the checklist so mm. that we are all clear that these are the items that they have to do. Mm. You're yeah. talking about the, the partners, right? Yeah, the, the partners. partners. So the communication to them is very important because sometimes mm. because of language issues, you're also not sure where you keep dumping information yeah. to them, whether they mm. will remember because after all, it is a little bit complicated, especially when it involves casting of talents, location mm. permits and things like that. Mm. So, I always summarize um, my requirements in mm. every email I send them. So mm. I would say to summarize, these are the outstanding things, you know. Mm. Yeah, so, and then uh, on the other side, when I present it to my clients, I also present it in a deck which also have the same requirements. Mm. So it, it's all very clear to both parties. Mm. As the local team in the ASEAN countries progress in their, in their pre-production, mm. um, the report to the client also progresses. So this is how mm. I keep, keep it in check. Mm -hmm. I mean, throughout the the entire project is three months. Of course, things will go wrong. Actually, mm. many things go wrong. But I guess <laughs> the only thing is to tell yourself there's always a solution. Now. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can sit down and then you can, I can be angry about it. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you have to give the client a solution. Mm. All they want is options. Give mm. me, tell me what to do. Sure. Yeah, mm. and then the project can move on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself? Come. If you were to go back there to shoot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, actually, actually, a uh, drop of a hat, I would do it again, actually. <laughs> Maybe it was, not for the client. <laughs> uh, I mean, not for the project. I okay, I, I think, uh, <coughs> first off, I think this, this was a really, really, really good experience and mm -hmm. I thank you all for giving me the opportunity to go there. Uh, it opened my eyes and actually I feel, I can pro I'm proud to say that I'm officially an ASEAN person because I've experienced <laughs> all the culture, okay? With that being said, uh, I think that the first thing that uh, a filmmaker like 
or at least like a production house needs to prepare for mm. is to get a very, very good producer like Fanny that has okay. clear communications with all level because I, I'm seeing all emails. <laughs> so I see all the level of communication. So there is no way that nobody knows not what what is not going on. Mm, but yeah, then again, we are talking about like different country with different mm. culture. Probably like we check our email like every one hour. Yeah. They probably check their email every 24 hours, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, a different culture. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. um, with the development of technology, things get easier, but it's a double-edged sword. Uh, we as filmmakers, we have to become even more prudent. Like in a sense whereby we have to throw out, be prepared to throw out every single piece of pre-production that mm. we have, no matter how well you um you do your pre-pro, mm. uh, there, there comes a point whereby, you know, everything is, yeah, everything is gone. So you have to like think on the spot. And uh, with technology advancement, you must be ready to do what is necessary. For example, like maybe jumping in to help the DP to shoot, mm. uh, maybe help sound on a little bit. Because if you're going to sh- shoot it like as if it's the 90s, like I'm just a director, I'm just going to be there to direct. I'm not going to help you in any technical yeah. thing. Mm. It's not going to work because this is, now it's very different. We're going in as a very lean team yeah yeah that's true yeah you have to play multiple you will be prepared to play multiple (laughs) roles basically (laughs) but you know bringing it back to like your worst nightmare right was this actually the worst project you guys ever had um that was (laughs) a recent nightmare i think i think i I would say from my view um from my point of view because my worst nightmare actually also involves um freelancers uh, mm. who has uh, failed to deliver to mm. us and put us in a um, predicament. I mean, we have um, mm. been through, uh, we are lucky enough to only met with um, a very small number of cases. But of course, this small number of cases have impacted us so much that uh, we have actually changed mm. our direction from being a platform for all freelancers to a platform for um, specially curated freelancers that we trust so that we can provide you know, um, a better service and quality of work mm. to our clients. Mm. So uh, some of the some of the examples are like you know, um, um, freelancers taking fifty percent of payment and then disappearing. And then these are not freelancers who are new or yeah. you know, uh, these are freelancers who have been around for quite some time. They're quite veterans, but uh, it's just unfortunate that they disappear. Or you know, we decided to to you know trust um, go with our gut with um, uh, a group of young freelancers, but they have pretty solid portfolio. But then you know, the entire project they failed. You know, they failed to deliver. That was that was but of course, um Creative Sabbath being the project manager, we, we came in and helped us. So it was two weeks of uh, non sleep for me and James. <laughs> well that was a very oh, difficult I time. Guess, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was a few years ago before uh, we met Carl and Yelly. <laughs> 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 I was like, Oh my goodness. I think I came like right after that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess um you know things always happen mm. for a reason, like, yeah, right? So um, because ho- ho- thankfully it's small instances like this that leads us to conclude that really at the end of the day it's very important mm. to work with professional freelancers, right? Um, yeah. mm. you know because we are not just a freelancers as I think a lot of our podcast guests has also uh, mentioned that you know if you think yourself as a freelancers it's just a pair of hand, right? Then you just do that. Right. But if you believe in your craft, if you can further add value to the project that you have, then you know it's, it's actually a totally different board game and we are all professionals, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Achieving what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. Because I think a lot of um, our content we do talk about like from the um, the point of view of mm. freelancers and mm. you know what the client oh, this is my worst client ever this is the best client mm. um, I l- uh, what the client should do but a lot of time we must turn around to get ourselves and yeah. mm. you know what as a freelancer people is 
they're actually trusting you yeah. with their career sometimes. They're trusting you with money and they're paying you for your job, right? And we have to deliver yeah. to that standard. Yeah. Um, and being creatives, creative is what we, I like to say sometimes we are a middleman. Yeah. Because there are some people who, uh, some creatives who cannot talk to clients, some clients who cannot talk to creatives. Mm. And we have to come in and balance yeah. uh, and mediate that yeah. uh, conversation mm. a lot of times. Um, yeah, but it, it comes from both ends. You mm. know, there are black sheep on both sides yeah. of the yeah. Yeah. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. But I th- I think for all it's always communications lah. So like what Fanny mentioned, right? It's not just communicating to the freelancers, but it's also communicating and updates your client about what's happening mm. and ensure that everybody is actually on the same page lah, right? Mm. In that sense. Yeah. So Carl, maybe Fanny shared the worst nightmare. Yeah. And how about yourself? No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh. worst nightmare? Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> Give us some juicy details. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna name any names, yep. but uh, this, this was, this was actually pretty bad. I would say probably top, top three. So, uh, when I was still studying, uh, in LaSalle, I got this gig from a friend of a friend. Mm. Uh, at I mean, spoiler alert. I'm gonna say that don't work with friend of a friend if possible mm. because the lines get blurred really. mm. because it's a friend of a friend so it's like oh can you do this little bit extra for my friend you know because you're my friend so yeah. don't try try to avoid that if you really have to do it black and white mm. uh, so there mm. was no black and white but this friend of a friend was actually a factory owner so the mm. actually the, the the job was pretty simple it was just to shoot a video highlight f- for a certain event mm. uh, and then uh, actually this point right at this point right actually i'm is a nightmare from both sides so i actually had to manage another freelancer and mm. i had to manage client it's both sides mm-hmm. i got nightmare from both of them yeah so yeah <laughs> i was playing the role of producer so i i was uh shooting a second camera and i got another videographer who was uh, way better than me in shooting to shoot he was a friend as well <laughs> so the project the budget wasn't very big but it you know, like they say, like the client said, oh, you, I'll open a lot of doors for you. You get to shoot uh, future mm. corporate videos. And I'm like, you know, as a student, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. Uh, then I was really charging uh, pretty low rates. Uh, then then the client kept increasing demands. Like, oh, can you add this? Can you add that? And I'm like, I'm like okay, la, okay, la, I add. But then I, without, you know, I, I didn't do a really good management uh, of both sides. So without really thinking much, I told that to my friend and my mm. friend got pissed off. Because my friend, he is he was actually at that point freelancing about two years already. Yeah. So he knew what was going on. So he told me his grievances. But he is a creative, so he felt insulted. Mm. So uh, that was a mismanagement from my side. Uh, then the client, uh, then I just told the client, no, I can't do it. I told what my friend said. And then the client said, you know what? I have nothing against you. I have something against your friend. Mm. So uh, in the end, it was a big quarrel, which ended up in being brought to the school because she knew oh. where I was from and the school pressured me. Ayo, pressured yeah. you to do what? Not, okay, I'm not <laughs> going to say that uh, it was the school. Someone from the school pressured me into, you know, uh, like sort Delivery. of dropping, dropping the project uh, because oh. I was holding on to the footage. I'm like, I'm not going to let it go. Oh. Yeah, so I lost that one but it hit me pretty bad. It really hit me pretty bad. I stopped taking freelance work for about three months because mm. I felt really bad. I felt like I was a loser. Uh... <laughs> But uh, it taught me a very important lesson, which is black and white, no mm. matter what. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And sometimes I think um, communication, as much as uh, we were mentioning just now, that we have to keep open communication uh, from clients and to freelancers between both both parties. I think a lot of times as the media person, uh, one lesson to be learned is there are certain things that you should you know, filter out mm. before yeah. going to the other side. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's sometimes it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. 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 Um, and some things the other party just does not need to know. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, agree. Yeah. I, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. So, yeah, I'm not working with that friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, I spoil both sides. I, you know, I have nothing. I, I lost everything. <laughs> yeah. But I think it might have happened to, to a lot of people. A lot of people would yeah. be yeah, able to relate yeah. in this yeah. sense. Especially when we're coming out very young. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you're trying new things and that's when the most mistakes will happen. And... Yeah, unfortunately, this is where you learn yeah. <laughs> the most. Actually, <laughs> actually, most is, is this kind of experience is actually proves to you whether you want to take on the freelancing path mm. because it's very harsh. Like mm. when this kind of thing happen, like it will blow back in your face. Like not just in terms of your reputation, sometimes legally, uh, sometimes you know in in financial uh, terms also. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah. if you can make this kind of mistake I'm not saying make the mistake but mm. I'm saying if you can make this kind of mistake and you still want to go and freelance then you know that it's for you mm. I have to say mm. that this is the business this is about running a business yeah mm. totally you know, where we all um, just want to do something and we mm. think we can earn money from it but mm. when you're earning money you are running a business yeah. independently yeah. Um, so everything falls onto you yeah, yeah. and I think on top of that because it's creative work right so there is no how should I say it's very difficult to say who's right who's wrong yeah. right um, yeah. I mean for let's say for if you are an IT professional or you're an IT freelancer right um, somebody commission you with an app if it works, it works lah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So it's very cl- it's very clear right yeah. whether you're delivering but I think in terms of videos for example or even in terms of design right um, it's very difficult to argue okay. yeah. the client may say I don't like it right yeah. but the freelancer is I already done it then how you know so it's all the more it's even more difficult to actually say who's right who's wrong so like what Kyle mentioned right you not only need to have contract but you actually have to really sit down and think about the specifications right? yeah like break down yeah. your project yeah. into milestones Correct. so what we yeah. do is for example uh, I mean a video project is pretty hard because it's, it jumps from a story a script to a storyboard mm. a storyboard to a video you know it's very hard but mm. in certain cases like if you do 3D animation it's, it's easy because you, you start off with a script and then you you go to uh, some some preview frames and then you go to you know some mm. uh you know 3d static and then you go to 3d animation so um but that but there are still ways if you break it down your steps into different different milestones and then at each milestone you ask your client to sign off actually that mm. will help to you know they will help to 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 prevent such problems yeah actually. yeah at least mitigate the disagreement that's going to happen at yeah. the end of the day la. so for example going back to cow stories right mm. so if the client keep adding on adding on so at least yeah, yeah. if you have the specification say hey I only agree to two days of yeah. shoot for this price exactly. right so if you want exactly. to add on you have to pay right yeah. and then exactly. you know yeah. that yeah, yeah. But, but of course the good thing now is because um, I think back then compact you know the the freelancers has changed a fair bit now oh, yeah. with NTUC yeah, totally. RMDA coming in right so um you know and at least there's a dispute resolutions right or a dispute channel lah, that freelancers can refer to which is through mediation so at least mm. those are the channels that you can refer to right where you can get a third party to then you know come in and assess the situations 
Yeah, but of course, I must say more need to be done, lah. Right, in both aspects. But um, again, you know, for bigger budget project, you <coughs> know, um, project management is always key. So yes. finding the right person who can manage the project is very important. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like us. With this particular project, we have already proved the worth of our partner, like in that sense, right? Or, or you know, our network in ASEAN region. So if there's any um, you overseas, know, shoot, overseas shoot, yeah, yeah. There. yeah so so I think that is that is interesting for us as well. Um, but going back to the region, do you do you think that there'll be more work? Um, you know that were involved shooting in other regions. But I think there's 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 this value where people come to Singapore still because Singaporeans are known to be very trustworthy. You come to Singapore because um, you know uh, there's a reason why people still treat Singapore as a gateway to the rest of Asia because they know that they, when they come here at least there's governance there's very proper like, like you mm. said there's a proper way in which we mm. do things mm. uh, you know even though it's going to take time you know it's going to go through the proper channels and you know what to expect, you know who to look for. So having the experience in terms of working in projects that involve ASEAN, right? What other project do you think that uh, you might want to do with ASEAN again? Naturally, I'll think about films lah. Mm. Or short um, branded content, mm. which, mm. Is, uh, which has very good storytelling because Singapore, uh, I mean being Singapore is a city landscape, so there is... Um, uh, a limitation. Yeah, on the yeah, kind of stories mm. or even the landscapes that you it's can true. take. But then, you know, the, the, the nine other ASEAN countries each have their own different um, personalities la, mm. or visuals. Yeah, so mm. naturally, that's one thing that I can think of. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the culture between all these countries is very, very different. And mm. with my like limited time spent there, I feel that there's so much potential. Mm. Uh, and this project, this ASEAN project, really truly stands for what uh, ASEAN is. Mm. Like me going down there and working with the local film crew, yeah. the local directors. I think that it really is a really, really good experience. And I think that there's definitely more opportunities. Uh, and we have made like really, really good friends. <laughs> which we can go back and like, you know, let's work <laughs> on something cool. So if you can choose one ASEAN country to start working with, which one will you be? Actually, I would say Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. What? The reason? I think maybe because personally, among all the countries, uh, I mean, I've been to Vietnam a few times, so I'm hmm. a bit closer there. And our partners there um, have experienced uh, with the Singapore culture as well. So we work very well together, mm. um, especially on the communication part. So we are more... Um, aligned, uh, aligned. Yeah, aligned. Yeah. So I, I would say Vietnam for me mm. because in terms of pre-production that, that, that was one of the easiest mm. team to work with. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Kao, which is your <laughs> which is the next country that you, you <coughs> hope to work with? Laos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Why Laos? Uh, I think not be- not because of the fact that I'm quarter Laotian. <laughs> <laughs> not because of that fact. But uh, the fact is that Laos film uh, cinema movement has just started. Mm. Like, our partners in Laos told me that uh, they have their first cinema open in, like 20 months ago, which is... Mm. First which, cinema? Yeah. So, like, like it's, it's basically the birth of their cinema. Mm. You want to be there. Like, because it's, everything is new. Like, history mm. is being written. Like, there's no, like, previous, you know. Yeah. And there are, like, what, seven film directors so far. And one of them being our partner is a female, which is... It's a very exciting time to be there. Do you think, um, I mean, now we're talking about the, the 
bring it back a bit to having the Asian movement mm. going yeah. I hate to call it that but I I, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people wouldn't call it that but to me this is what it seems as um, Hollywood is going on its Asian movement yeah. um, and its diversity movement yeah. I think it is a key uh, time for Asians but where do you think um, Singapore's role in it comes mm. It has, my answer has always been the same the past 10, 12 years since I've been in the media industry. Singapore role is in executive production. Mm. Always has been. We are the ones who have the IP rules, with the IP laws, IP production scheme. We are the ones who can do the financing, we can do the funding. Um, Storytelling, we are still very much behind. Um, compared to the rest of the ASEAN countries, although we are slowly improving. But because of the nature that um, a lot of Singaporeans share common experiences, mm. not many of us have very diverse experiences uh, compared to you know, other countries. So the stories that we tell are not yeah. as... Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, it's not uh, as deep maybe it's sometimes. Not, yeah, yeah. Or diverse or different. I mean, we, we slowly see some coming up through social media, but compared to the rest of ASEAN, I think storytelling-wise, we still lack. So we should only do what we do best, which is, I believe, has always been executive production. Yeah. Mm. Which is uh, where uh, I think Singapore comes in and why Singapore is still considered um, the, the launch pad of a lot of Asian mm. projects is mm. because of this, where um, we... When people come to us, they know what they're going to expect. They know that there's governance over here. Mm. They know that people here can be trusted. Um, I, I won't say that other countries cannot be, but you know, it's basically uniform throughout Singapore. You, yeah, you, you won't get any hard surprises um, from a lot of the teams over here. Um, and so a lot of the, um, the rest of the world will come through Singapore and then to reach out to the rest of Asia. Yeah, so I guess that's where, you know, we still have that place. <laughs> I think jumping <laughs> on what Fanny said, I yeah. totally agree mm. with her. I think that Singapore mm. can play the role of executive producer. Mm. But on top of that, right, because that we are a, a gateway to the East and the West, mm. our role, it sort of diluted our identity. Therefore, mm. like uh, Singaporean storytellers, are not that diverse but slowly we are finding out our nationality mm. after all we are just a 50 year old nation <laughs> so there's True. so much more to learn like, as compared True. to other countries yeah. True. so like we, we focus <clears throat> I would say like the past 50 years was building the infrastructure <laughs> and now is the time of creativity to jump in Mm. So I'm very very hopeful that like you know in the future that there's going to be a lot more storytelling tell, from Singapore and a lot of collaboration within ASEAN. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah. Mm. I'd like to explore actually um, the fact that just now we mentioned that uh, you know coming to Asia a lot of people think of it as just one yep. mm. yeah. one yeah. entity but um, uh, how we all identify as Asians but we're still so 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 culturally different yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know when when you're talking to like say um, a Thai or a Laotian or even like Malaysia who's our closest neighbour you're yeah I'm Singaporean I'm Malaysian but then um, when someone outside of Asia say oh you guys are Asian yeah we're Asian so what <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's just uh, yeah I think it happens not only in Asia in a lot of parts of the world as well where there's this kind of cultural divide but I think it's very interesting 
from the creative scene to explore this kind yeah. of collaboration relationship yeah. 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 Totally, between totally. our neighbors. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think sometimes it's good to also understand more about their culture, yeah. what they do. I think that is important because mm. I think uh, being in Singapore, we always think that everywhere else is like Singapore, but the truth <laughs> of the fact is everywhere else is not like Singapore. We're very sheltered. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. We're very yeah. special yeah. case to yeah. the rest yeah. of the world. Like yeah. our client were, I mean, for this particular project, were think that you know uh, everybody should listen to them, but then no, and then when I talk to my local team, for example, Malaysian, they'll be like, uh, when I describe to them, you know, what to expect, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, Singaporean. Uh. And then, <laughs> you know, then after that, I, I also, you know, when she does something, like, yeah, yeah, Malaysian, Malaysian, you know, <laughs> like even though we're so close, but then we have our own uh, way of doing things. But, but I mean, it's, it's all in good fun. Uh. It's yeah. all in good fun. Yeah. We should embrace our differences and yeah. then work together to, you know, you know, to bring greater content out from yeah. Asia. I think it's to understand the nuances as well. La. So yeah. you just don't expect that everybody are like us, right? So for example, yeah. in Singapore, we are very efficient, we are very productive, yep. right? Like what uh, what Kao uh, say, right? Everybody reply email within like one to two hours. But we have many red yeah. tapes, which is not good because there's a lot of procrastination. Yeah, and then true, the product yeah. gets stuck. True. So it's not good. You know, true. there are certain parts we are also not true. good. But, but yeah. when it comes to the other countries, you know, so to them, it's like not replying your email within 24 hours is fair. Right, yeah, they are not expected to respond to you within that time frame as you have expect. You know, I think the pace in Singapore is a bit far, fast for mm. certain certain things certain areas, Yeah, all. but in in other, I mean, in some culture, that is not culturally what you know. They, I think it's a priority as well. Yeah, you know, cultural priority. Us is like yeah. we must deliver to the client in yeah. the fastest rate yeah. possible. Sometimes also, <laughs> I I thought of a, a funny antidote when the client wanted. I mean, our client being proper, right? They want a the, uh, location permit, like a proper location permit, stamped by the authorities to say that we can film. So I told one of our local team, hey, you know, you must apply for permit. Like my client will check one. Can, can, I print for you. Yeah, I sign. <laughs> 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 no, we, but this is how they're getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. <laughs> we, I think we, we also had this uh, in one of our projects, right? Uh, in a neighboring country as well, where they said, uh, you know, do we have location permits? They're like, what location permits? Nobody mm. cares. Yeah. <laughs> said, no, but we need location permits. They, they need to see someone sign it and the owner of the building or something like that. It's abandoned. No, abandoned still has someone. <laughs> There's someone who owns an abandoned building. It's just not being taken care of. There's no one. No one will come and... So did they print and sign themselves? <laughs> I don't know. We I got a permit. Yeah. <laughs> I got a permit. I have to say. Uh, they told me it was a permit. <laughs> so, um. so I, I, this might be helpful as well. I think another thing that uh, we probably didn't factor into this project is translation costs. Oh, yeah. Right? Because um, all the countries speak differently. So, I mean, at some point, like, even though, you know, most of them are quite okay with English, right? But at some point, certain documents still need to yeah. be translated, like a location permit. <laughs> what does it say and things like yeah. that. So, I think that is actually one of the cost items that we actually failed we to not, take yeah, into consideration. So, some of the mm. nuances or some of the additional costs like that, you know, um, if you do um, multi-country shoot, I think should should actually take into considerations. Mm. All right. Do you have any worst nightmare story to share with us? Um, share with us because we would like to hear from you. Hope you have enjoyed our panel and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Freelance Creative Exchange. So subscribe to iTunes and leave us a review. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment because we want to hear from you. Let us know the questions of the freelancers you want to hear from next. We are on Facebook and Instagram so remember to follow us there as well as subscribe to our feed. 
Join us next time for a brand new episode of Freelance Creative Exchange. Until then, bye. bye. bye.